Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Amen. Well, good to see you guys this morning. Are you doing well? Some of you. More of you. Any more? All right. Why don't you turn with me over into the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 11. And we're going to look together there uh, in this place this morning. And I pray that you have had a blessed week. And if not, uh, this is a new week. And so ask God to make this a little bit better week, right? If that's what you need, you need to ask that. So I don't know. Have you ever had a bad day? Oh, yeah, you know, so. Well, you know, say, you know, you decide you're going to go out to the mailbox, and so you walk out to get the mail, and you get out there to the box, and you step off the curb, and you twist your ankle, right? And you're like, oh, my goodness, just what I need. And then you get the mail out of the mailbox, and then as you get the mail, you realize you drop the stuff. And after you drop the mail, you lean over, and you try to pick it up, and the glasses fall out of your pocket if you're kind of like me. And so it's like, oh, for goodness sake, could it get any worse? And then you, you, you limp back to the house and you look through the window and you see them on the table before you ever put your hand on the door, your keys. You just locked yourself out of your house. It's like, God, could it get any worse than this? And so then you go over to your neighbors because your neighbor's a friend of yours and they have, they have your key just in case, you know, for these times. And you limp over there and you're saying, God, do you ever hear me? Do you ever listen to me? And, you know, you're just having one of those times. And sometimes that happens to us in life. And we, and we ask that question, you know, God, do you even hear me? But we have to recognize that the Lord listens to his people. He hears. And sure, there may be some times when you face things that seem to be bigger than a twisted ankle, right? You, you know, you, you're out there like, uh, maybe you're like Mahomes maybe or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, but you have some big things. And, and so it may be the, the sickness or financial situation or some other situation may include some relationship challenges. You know, that's, that can be challenging as well. But the Bible tells us over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, these words, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. He said He hears us. And God listens to our prayers. He, he listens to us. And it's important for us to recognize that there's something else we need to keep in mind. Uh, he cares more than we understand. I think at times we think, oh, I don't know if God really cares that much about me. I don't know what the big deal is about me, uh, that he, I'm so small. I don't know how he would care about me. But he, but he does. It's, it's just a, that he doesn't always act in our time frame. And he doesn't, always, he doesn't always do it in the way we want him to act. Don't, don't get me wrong, though. It's not that he, he won't. It doesn't mean that he won't work in our lives. And he will act. And... And, and uh, he may even do it in a way that's different than you expect. There's nothing wrong with that. In John chapter 11, we kind of get to one of those situations. Uh, we find Jesus hanging out with his friends, the 12 disciples. They're, 
they're taking their time. Jesus has been on his ministry tour, and they, they actually stopped over in Jerusalem for one of the celebrations, and they spent some time there at this big festival over in chapter 10, and uh, just a really important time. And, and they were there with some guys that, who didn't really like Jesus, and maybe they were, some, they were kind of jealous of him as well. And so these guys were so frustrated with him at one point that they start pelting stones at him. And so what does Jesus do? But he just kind of walks, walks away and he leaves them to themselves. But now Jesus takes his disciples and then he takes them and they walk all the way from Jerusalem over to the Jordan onto the other side, the eastern side of it. And and they're hanging out there where John the Baptist, you know, the forerunner, where John the Baptist had been preaching. He, he, had, been pre, he had preached there in the near past. And, and so maybe they were feeling a little bit nostalgic at this point. I don't know. But they were, they were quite a ways from Jerusalem at this point. And uh, Jesus received word that his friend Lazarus was pretty sick. And, and Lazarus, well, they were in Bethany, which is not that far from Jerusalem. And, uh, but it still was a ways from where they were located. And, and here we pick up in John chapter 11, verse 4, these words. Uh, and it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there, he stayed where he was two more days. He's at a distance from there. He's on the other side of the river at a distance from this location, uh, from Bethany. And he decides to stay a couple more days. And then he said this to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. That's just the region, right? So go back to Judea and that's where Jerusalem and all those places are at. And so Jesus tells them, do, do you uh, then uh, that uh, you know we need to go back across the river and uh, and head back to Bethany? But they didn't really like the idea, uh, and because uh, not too far from there, Jesus had just been pelted with stones. They've been trying to throw stones at him. They weren't too happy, and and uh, but uh, Jesus knew Lazarus' fate. He knew it was going to take place. He realized. He understood it. And even, even, uh, even so, he told them it, it wouldn't end in death. And he was right, it didn't end in death, right? It didn't. It didn't mean that uh, he wouldn't be dead for four days, but it didn't end in death. And I think it is important for us to remember that because we don't always think that way. Because some would say, well, no, he didn't tell him the truth. No, he told him the truth because he saw things from a different perspective. He saw things in a different way because he sees the whole perspective. And, and, and sometimes, uh, look, sometimes you can walk through some troubling seasons in this world and you face things which you may think that uh, should have never, you should have never faced. And, and some may even say, God, how can you let these kind of things happen? And yeah, we need to trust God enough knowing he sees the very end of our situation. The very end. The end isn't the middle, right? 
we, sometimes we think that the, the middle is the end, but, but that, that's not the case. And, and in the case with Lazarus, Lazarus, I'm sure that they thought uh, that that was the end, right? Because he had died, right? But no, Jesus is saying, no, no, that's not the end there. Yet, yet we need to trust God enough knowing he sees the end of every situation. Think about this for a moment. He's received word from, his, from this family, good family friends, and they said, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And uh, didn't you hear my distress calls? Uh, why, why, why do you have to wait so long? Uh, didn't you get my text uh, when you were over another side of the, of the river? Didn't you catch it or, was the, or were the towers not working? Uh, I don't know. Why, Jesus, didn't you come so fast? You know, they would have sent a messenger. Uh, they would have sent him and to, to try to track him down and such. Why, why didn't you pay attention to this? And, uh, and uh, 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 don't you care? Don't you care? I'm sure that Jesus would have said, I care more than you could even other understand. Because sometimes we don't realize that he, under, he understands very well and he cares a lot. I, I, I love, he, he would probably say, I love you more than your family. I, I hear you. It's just I, I don't see a crisis like you see it because I see the whole picture. See, he sees the whole picture. He sees the beginning, the end, the middle, the, about a quarter of the way through, three quarters of the way through. He sees the whole thing. And, uh, and, uh, it's, and he sees it differently than I said. And you can't see what I see, but I hear you. That's a reminder for each and every one of us. And how, uh, how now we have the disciples of Jesus there. They're sitting there a little bit confused. They're hanging out with Jesus uh, like most of us would have been. I, I know I, I would have been confused as well when he talks to his disciples about the situ situation. And they, they can't figure out why he wants to go back and put their lives at risk uh, near Jerusalem with the same stone-happy mob that they may come back out again. They don't, they don't know what's going to happen. And so listen to what Jesus responds to them over in John chapter 11, verse 11. And it says this. After he had said this, he went, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And they're like, okay, that's confusing. And so Jesus, he's really giving them a very careful and a very soft answer about the situation. It's almost like he's using a euphemism for the situation and saying something uh, in a softer way. And, and, but Jesus, but these guys, they were a little rigid, and they must, have, they must have needed Jesus to be more direct about what he was saying. And, uh, you know, some of those guys are blue-collar fishermen. That's, that's kind of the way it was for them. And, and then you got the zealot in there, and he's probably saying, I need to know right now so we know exactly what to do. Do we need to take him out or what? You know, you, you don't know. So in this situation here, so, so, so he says this in, in verse 11, that he's fallen asleep. And these guys, they, they, uh, they thought, well, if he ended up going to sleep, probably the fever broke and he's going to get better. He's probably going to be... He's probably going to do okay. So why in the world at this point do we even need to go back? And so finally Jesus was direct in verses 14 and 15. And it says, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
Then he says these words there. Uh, he's pretty direct, and, and he, he said, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you, can, you may believe. But let us go to him. And so, uh, have you thought about that before? Uh, probably a lot of people have, but you think about what he's saying there. So you, you don't see the miracle that, that you want or expect in your life. You don't see it yet. You're saying, God, I don't know. Are you, are you around? Do you, do you hear? Do you listen? What, what's happening here, God? And, and so, like Jesus told them, for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. In other words... For Lazarus, he, he was really going to die, but Jesus would raise him later. So it was going to happen. It was going to happen, and then he would raise him later and see what God was going to do was much bigger and far-reaching than we would actually expect. God loved Lazarus. We know that God loved Lazarus. Jesus, the son, loved Lazarus, but, but his plan included much more than his friends and family really could have anticipated in this point. I, I couldn't imagine what it was like for them in this situation, but they, uh, this, is simply, uh, this is not simply a way to explain away the problems that we face in life. See, we aren't, we aren't, we aren't talking about that. We understand, though, this, that God is bigger than anything that we are facing in our lives. He's bigger than us, and the Holy Spirit is wanting to pull you closer to Him into God's plan. And that is what is important for each and every one of us, that we allow Him to pull us closer into him, His plan. Because when we allow Him to pull us closer to Him, then He can do things that we have never imagined. Don't let what you expect get in your way of God doing the miracle that he wants to do in you. Don't limit God by your own view of things. Now, I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that does that, huh? And maybe I'm like, oh, God, I don't know, can you do that? Will you do that? Does that even matter? You know, yeah, I, I think he does care about everything. He, doesn't just, he didn't just start the world, get it spinning with his hand and say, here we go, let's get about this speed, and then let go and say, hey, here you are, like the deist would say, and say, yeah, God started it, and he took his hands off, and he went on a vacation. I don't know. But that's not what he did. He sustains it. He sustains it. Whether scientists can see that or not, it doesn't matter in my book. He sustains it. And some of you have been limiting what God wants to do in and through your life, but his plan is much better than the plan that you have set up for yourself. Uh, you, you thought he didn't even hear you, but he says, I hear you loud and clear. He hears us. He will listen. Just remember, he, he may not do it the way you want him to do because he sees the big picture, right? He sees all, all of our big picture. He knows what our situation is, others around us. He knows and understands. He sees that big picture. And it's important for us to be able to follow in his pathway and not our own pathways. If he did it your way, it may hinder what he wants to do in your life, in your family's life, uh, in your neighbor's life, even in the church's life. He, uh, it can hinder so many things. Let's, let's uh, get some more insight here to what Jesus is revealing here 
uh, in, the, in the gospel. But one thing we know here is that Jesus was, uh, he was moved emotionally. See, Jesus wasn't just this person like this. It just couldn't be moved by emotion. That just wasn't the case. We know that from scripture. He was emotional like you and I. And so he loved this family and the friends and he loves you as well. John chapter 11 verse 38 goes on to say this. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, uh, it, it was a cave with a stone laid in, across the entrance. Take, uh, uh, take away the stone, Jesus said. But, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he's been there four days. Then Jesus challenges her and he says this in the next verse, in verse 40. He said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So Jesus, he, he took, he took the, the time to go to the graveside. It sounds like a common kind of grave back then where they would hew out a place in the, in, the, in, the, in the rock and then put another rock in front of it and let the body sit there for a period of time and then they would take the bones and put them in a box or something like that. And so, uh, but Jesus tells them to, to move the stone away. Jesus is in good timing. It's been four days, uh, not the best idea. It's been a while. So then Jesus had to carefully push Martha uh, to, to uh, uh, a little bit to be able to remove her hesitancy. And he said these words to her. He said, did I tell you, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? Now, I probably would have had the same kind of mentality as Martha and some of the others. And, and maybe you would have been the case. Maybe you have more faith in me. And I, I don't know. But, but, but here she is, and, and, uh, and, and here he is. And then once Jesus pulled uh, Martha closer into what God was doing, God was able to work. That's why it's important for us to get closer to him so that he can work in our situation. We need to allow him to come closer to us as we come closer to him. And when you're willing to move, God is willing to move closer. You need to be able to move closer to him in faith. And sometimes that's just a step at a time. Sometimes they're big steps. Sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're shuffling, you know. If any of you people who are uh, from an older generation remember Tim Conway, he's like, it's like, for those of you who don't, he walked like that. Yeah, anyway, so, you know, maybe that's what you have to do. I, I don't know. But, but we have to be able to move towards him. And look at what, look at what the Apostle John records here in the, in, in the gospel in verse 41. Remember, John was there, right? John was there, and the other disciples, the, the other apostles, they were there at this time too. And I can imagine what they were saying to Jesus. Are you sure about this? Uh, I know we've seen some pretty big things, Jesus, but I don't know about this one. And, and so, and are you going to make us roll the stone away? Okay, Jesus. Verse 41, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I... I knew that you, uh, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, 
that they may believe that you sent me. Do you see it here? Do you see what, do you see what he's saying here? He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. The Father already heard him. He already heard him. We, we know that Jesus kept up the practice of prayer uh, in his life. We know that. Uh, don't tell me that God doesn't, uh, doesn't hear you. Don't tell me he doesn't because he will and he does. He, he will listen if you will talk to him. And why does Jesus say this prayer out loud? Why does he say it this way? But Well, because they, they all needed to understand this. They needed to comprehend what he was saying. And remember, sometimes it doesn't happen the way we expected. If, we, if it would have happened the way that we would have expected, this should have happened. He should have went and he would have sent the word and healed him like he did with the centurion, uh, that he would have done something like that and he'd have been healed. No, the guy ended up dying out of the deal. And that's why I had to help him say, look, guys, well, I did this so that, that, uh, so that I'm glad I was over here and you guys were over here with me so that when he died, you didn't lose faith. So, so why does he say it out loud to help them? In verse 42, he says plainly that he had said this for the benefit of the people around him so they could believe in Jesus. And God is doing something and uh, we need to be ready for what he is going to do in our lives. We need to be ready for him. We need to be willing to listen to him because he hears us, because he listens to us. He, he hears our prayer, and probably some of you have been praying a prayer and said, God, are you listening? Uh, you, you know, we find something about uh, Jesus in the Gospels. He was always getting away and praying and spending time with the Father. And we find in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, these words, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So this happened right in the previous chapter. They said this, uh, and so he took that time and prayed. And so we knew that he pulled away from the crowds of people. Uh, he had to do that. He even pulled away from his own disciples to spend time in the Father's presence. That's what he did. We need to be able to do that as well. It's an example for us as well. Not only is he the Lord and is he the Son of God, we understand that, but it is also an example for us to be able to do that too. So you and I have to learn from this if we're going to grow closer to Christ. And God listens to those who are willing to listen to him. There's another place right after this in, in uh, chapter 6 of Luke in verse 12. And it says there in verse 12, it says, One of those days Jesus went, went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the, spent the night praying to God. And so Jesus spent time in the presence of the Father and it was the place where he was refueled. And see, we all need to stay refueled, right? It is so important for us to keep, stay refueled. And you say, well, how can I be refueled? I have an electric car. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. You need to be refueled. You need to stay charged, right? However you look at it. Could you imagine what it would be like? Is that you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to go over to Kansas City. And I'm going to jump onto I-70 and, and where they run like 75 miles an hour and because uh, that's the speed limit, right? And so, and so you get on there and you, you get a roll and you say, well, it doesn't matter how much fuel I have in the tank or how much charge I have in my car, my electric car. I'm just going to drive. And so then you're driving and you get about halfway there. You know, you're, you're like 
in between Lawrence and Kansas City where there's nothing, you know, and you see some trees and that kind of stuff. And so there you are, and you're driving, and all of a sudden you look down as your car starts sputtering and you start losing power, and there you are stuck on the side of the road. But you may, be, you may say, well, I don't have to worry. i got AAA. You know what? I'd be a little concerned on I-70 uh, in, the, in the daytime and with people running by me sometimes at 80 miles an hour and I'm stuck in the road. Yes, yeah, just not a good idea, right? We have to keep our cars fueled up for the journey. Why wouldn't we keep ourselves spiritually charged up? Why wouldn't we stay fueled up? We need to be able to stay fueled up if we're going to handle the things in this life that we live in. I think many people feel that Jesus is so different since he was the son of God that he wouldn't uh, really need to refuel. So then others believe that, that well, he uh, can simply do this because he was God in human form, as the Bible says. It, it does say in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, uh, for uh, in Christ, all the fullness of the, of the deity lives in bodily form. That's what the scripture teaches. So, uh, but you need to remember that Jesus also humbled himself to become a human like you and I. So he limited himself by becoming a human like us. And so uh, here, here, uh, it's here that he shows part of his humanity. And we see that in Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 and it says rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness the same man who's the son of the living god the savior the messiah the same one is also took on the nature of a servant being made like as, as a human then Jesus demonstrates that like him, we need to refuel by being in the presence of God. We need to refuel. We, we, we need to do that. And it's in that place where he gives us the power to live the way he wants us to live. We need his presence. With this, it really takes us back to our first scripture out of uh, 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Uh, and he says there, uh, the Apostle John writes, and he says, uh, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Uh, uh, then the Apostle John, he goes on and he says in the next verse, in verse 15, he says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So we can ask in faith. We can ask trusting him and asking him to work in our lives. Don't, don't you think that the Apostle John kind of knows what he's talking about? If you think for just a minute, this guy John, he, he spent some time in ministry. He was not only a disciple of John the Baptist uh, and then spent three and a half years with Jesus in his earthly ministry. Uh, then, then we find that he spent the rest of his life serving Christ and ministering to people all over. He was a lifetime disciple. He was one of those guys that wasn't martyred for his faith. Oh, they tried it, and they kicked him out and sent him to Patmos, right? And he, that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. Uh, we see the power of God working in his life. And he was with Jesus at the transfiguration on the mountain. 
He was with him when he came, when he made the water into wine. John hung out with Jesus when Bartimaeus couldn't see a lick, and now he can see again. See, John was there with all these things, and he's writing to us to try to help us to understand, and he's giving us the, the situation that takes place with Lazarus. And John tells us, we know that he hears us. In fact, over in John chapter 9, Jesus healed a man who was born blind. When people, uh, people questioned the guy who was healed, uh, they said this in John chapter 9, verse 30. It says, the man answered, because they're questioning, right? They're asking him some things. And the man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, talking about Jesus, yet he opened my eyes. He's being a little sarcastic. And then he goes on to say, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. Now, don't get caught up in the part where, uh, where the guy says uh, that, uh, that God doesn't listen to sinners. Why? Because we all know we've sinned and fell short of the glory of God. We know we've come from that situation. And hopefully we've come to a place where we've turned to him, repented, and allowed him to come into our life and said, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Those are some key things for us uh, to, to follow him. But then once that happens, then we've been, become righteous. We've been made righteous, not on our own works, but on what he has done for us. What's important for us to remember out of this, that passage is that God listens and he's saying, I hear you. I hear you. Let's move on to one of the last verses here in John's gospel, chapter 11. Uh, as John writes and he says, oh, when he had in verse, uh, verse what, 40, is it 43? When he had said this, what, he, he was, uh, his prayer, Jesus' prayer, uh, and his declaration of, uh, of, uh, that God hears, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with uh, strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It wasn't a weak prayer that he prayed. He had already been interacting with the Father and he knew God heard him, the Father heard him. And Jesus addressed the dead man and Jesus had said previously in John chapter 5, verse 28, that a time would come when all who were in their graves would hear his voice. This occasion was a single demonstration of that authority. Do you realize that? It's one of those single demonstrations. He would say, okay, now I'm demonstrating for you. It's yet to come again. It will come. And the words that Jesus spoke, they were brief, they were direct, and they were imperative. And, and we, could, we could paraphrase it this way. Lazarus, this way out. Come on, buddy. It's like Jesus was, was uh, directing someone in a lost and a dark dungeon. But God's creative power reversed the process of corruption and accelerated the dead man into life. And the, the effect was startling. I, would have, well, I don't know about you, but I would have been startled if I'd have been there. Been startled. 
God was doing something big. The dead man appeared at the, at the entrance of the tomb, still tied up by the grave clothes. They would have went around each leg and arm and all of that. And so they, he still had all that stuff on. And he, he comes out, and, and I bet Lazarus wanted to shower. Just imagine he did. But Jesus said he ordered them to release him from the wrappings and, uh, and he returned to normal life. It was such a big deal that the Gospels tell us in other places that other people wanted to take Lazarus' life too because of what had taken place. It was such a notable and well-known miracle all in that area that people wanted to take his life. He probably would say, well, you, you can't kill a dead man. <laughs> but this was a demonstration of the power of eternal life that, tri that triumphed over death and corruption and hopelessness. And that's available for us in our lives today. He, he wants to overcome our hopelessness. And there is a little question for the disciples uh, and those near Lazarus that, that day, if, if God hears prayer, what, did, what Jesus did that day was to show that God is totally interested in people's lives. He's interested. He cares more than what we can even imagine. And, and when he speaks into our situation, he can triumph over death and corruption and even hopelessness. Those things, and sometimes they're all mixed up into one ball, right? But to Jesus, the raising of Lazarus was not an issue. It was no problem. The difficulty was to remove the uncertainty and the hesitancy from Martha's attitude and that the glory of God might be revealed to her and to everyone present. And a lot of times we're in the same kind of condition that Martha was in which was the last step of her faith that she could take. She had to take a step of faith, and Jesus took the next step after she took her step. He didn't ask God to, to raise Lazarus. He thanked him for having already answered the prayer. Maybe you need an attitude adjustment today. It could be that you need to recognize that God still hears you that he still listens, and he's aware. He has his, uh, he has his ear attuned. You don't, don't put so many stipulations on God, that, it, that uh, so much so that it stifles what he wants to do in your life. You know, that's easy to do, isn't it? We say, well, God, I don't know if you could do it this way or that way. I'm not sure that you should do it. I, I'm not sure. This could cause a problem, God, if you do it like that. Just pray and ask him and let him do his work. We need to ask him, allow him to do what he needs to do. He does, uh, remember, God doesn't see a crisis like you and I see crises. He doesn't see them the way because he sees the whole picture. We very seldom see the whole picture, do we? We've got lots of helicopters and lots of airplanes and even got balloons flying over. Oh, but, but, but we still don't have the whole picture. 
We don't see it all. God does have the picture, and that's why we need to stay connected to him. We need to talk to him and allow him to put things together in his way and in his path because he has a plan that is better than yours. He has a plan that's better than mine, and he will put it together, and he will do the work that he desires to do. He sees the whole path. He sees the whole path that you're going to walk, and don't let... Don't get into the attitude that he won't listen. He will, and when he does, even if it's not the way that you are anticipating or wanting, he, he will still bring glory to himself, and he still will bring blessing to you. I hear you. That's what he says to us. I hear you. He hears us. He hears us. He's willing to listen. We need to be willing to move closer to him and allow him to work in our lives because his plan is for good. His plan is for good. Sometimes we don't understand. A lot of times we don't. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to challenge you to step just a little bit closer. Keep your attitude open. Keep it open to what God wants to do in your life and allow him to work. Don't put the stipulations on him. It's not worth it. Let him do it his way. Father, we look to you this morning. We're trusting you, Father God. We're trusting you. We're trusting and entrusting ourselves to you. Father, we recognize that we don't understand every detail, Father God. No matter how much understanding you give us, Father, we, we depend on you, we lean on you, and we ask you, Father God, just to help us. Help us to be able to refocus ourselves. Help us to recognize what you are saying like you when you were speaking into Martha's life, when, when, when her Martha's brother was he, was, he was gone at that point. But you said, I still have a plan and I will still work in this situation if you will just trust me. Help us to trust you, Father God, in a more powerful way that you may take that next step after we take that step of trust. We look to you, Father. We say, Lord, here we are. God, work in our lives. Bring that healing that you want to bring. Bring that hope to the hopeless situation that you want to bring. Bring that freedom that you want to bring for those who feel like they are not free. They feel like they are bound up and wrapped up with a bunch of ropes and they can't get free. But, but you will make a way. Father God, we depend on you. And Father, we choose to make one step forward. We choose to step forward closer to you this morning. And we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. step than what you've made in the past. You've done the Tim Conway steps. You've done the little ones and it's not close enough and you know it. But you better make the bigger step so that he can move you into the direction he needs to move you. God has a plan for you.